0: Whatever Ricky said, maybe he used two words. Fire up! I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome.
1: Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to Fire Up! I'm Dennis Carnahan here with the victorious Pants Man Pat after his bunnies beat the hapless Warriors and a once again serene but brave and resilient Chris Gale, who is by now quite inured to his Tigers falling apart in the vital, final moments of Guttons. And what a week of drama, plot twists, theatre, conflict and pantomime this has been
2: in Rugby League!
1: It's a week that's had more subplots, cliffhangers and surprises
2: than a combination of Season 4 of Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones and Stranger Things put together! And that's where Fired Up thrives! Art, music, science, theatre, soap opera, pantomime, farce, rugby league. But this week, I'm thinking about family.
1: The rugby league family. And a shout out to friend of the show, Michael Kariannis. Last Thursday night, Michael was on the sideline for the ABC, expecting a phone call from his wife, Clara, saying she was in labour. And Michael, about to become a father, he was setting up boundaries.
2: With 35 seconds to go, Roosters 34, Broncos 16. Touch line, Michael Carrion.
3: Yeah, with 30 seconds remaining, Andrew, it's a rare cross to me in this instance while I get up to go do some post-game interviews. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you are a flipjack, Feedy. <laughs> Brisbane have the ball 11 out for their own line. <laughs> that is the best cross I've ever heard, ever standing his ground you don't
1: cross to michael with 30 seconds to go in the game well done michael establish those boundaries and stay strong and congratulations now on the birth of elena carianis a new friend of the show rugby league and family they go together when i think of family i think of my little boy he played league for a while for the Asquith magpies in fact now his mum lives up on a farm near the hunter lovely place they have a couple of dogs, in fact. Uh, Jack Russell Terriers, Rambo, and Stevie. Steve. Lovely chaps, very excitable, although they're not good in a car. And when they come from the farm down to Sydney, they get a bit, a little bit vomity. And boy, if they get hold of a cake, it's squirting out everywhere. You have dogs, don't you, Chris?
0: Luma and Cisco, they're both at Puppy Holiday Villa at the moment. And
1: please. how are they getting on? Famously. Puppies? Puppies. So they're, they're not, uh, they're toilet trained and everything?
0: Oh, they they got the whole thing under control.
1: How do they go with cake and chocolate and stuff? They don't...
0: Not in our house. Not. There was one incident with chocolate. Oh, no. And it was off to the vet and a bit Ooh. of stomach pump later. And Ooh. that was me. Yeah. Uh, but the dogs were fine.
1: Oh, so you've got, what, you got weak guts? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Not
0: they, the dogs, though. My, my stomach is of questionable fortitude, unlike Luma and Cisco, They've got wrought iron stomachs.
1: Another dear friend of mine, Sean Peter, genuine music theatre kind of gal, Sean. He's got a pair of sausage dogs. <laughs> and I tell you what, they love getting into the Cabernossi. But boy, it comes out
0: both ends. Is that so, does that appeal to their cannibalistic instincts? I think, I think <laughs> it must. A sausage I dog eating But
1: Rugby league, family, dogs... They all go together so wonderfully, don't they? But let's get back to the drama. So much going on this week alone. Chris Gale, is there any way you can unpack and categorise all the controversies, conspiracies and conflicts that have
2: developed in just this one week of Rugby League?
0: There is a way to do that, Dennis. And thank you for that, I think, overarching homily about Rugby League and what it's about, which is families and dogs. Uh, but conflict needs to be resolved, and it's beyond my ken as to how to resolve that conflict. And I'm so grateful, as I have been for so many years now, to Paul Gallen oh, because yeah, aren't we all? he has offered us a template by which we can resolve all the problems in our fair game. So you might have seen that Gal, sadly, uh, with no SBW Staus inside, is announced his final departing bout.
1: Okay, okay, so he's already retired from rugby league. Correct. And state of Origin. he's. Well, he retired from Origin first and then Rugby League, and now he's retiring from boxing.
0: Well, that's right. I, I don't think he's retiring from family, and Heaven I don't forbid. know what his dog status is.
1: Tell me he's not retiring from media.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. It hasn't got to that. Oh, good. He's uh, rock solid, 100% footy. So it's his last fight, and in order to create interest and a little bit of a twinkle or a twist, if you like, to the card. And we'll go through the undercard in the ah. show because this is where the conflicts will be resolved. But Gal has announced that he's going to have a fight with two people in right. the one night. Okay. Now, Justin Hodges is signed on as one of the protagonists. <laughs> and people have gone, how is it possible, in fact, is it even safe for one boxer to have two fights in one night? Now, if you look at the people who have been mooted as the other opponent, we're talking the likes of Ben Hannett, Chris Walker, Sam Thiday. And we'll give a lead pass here, Russell Packer. I mean, (laughs) Queenslanders all. Right. So while everyone is saying, how can Gal fight two people in the one night? Gal, of course, is believing that he's fighting one Queenslander with two heads. He's done that before. Yeah.
2: A massive monster menaces the world. (laughs) Threatening the most intimate terror a woman ever felt. (laughs) because of an experimenter with life. The incredible two-headed transplant. Who are you? I'm your brother.
0: So that's a little bit of early audio from the promotion of that big fight night where Gal takes on the two-headed Queenslander, Hodges Plus. I don't know. Who who would you like out of Hannett, Walker, Thide and Packer? Who would you like to see there? Look,
1: personally I'd be I'm thinking Chris Walker is going to be the easiest for Gal um, Ben Hannon I reckon he could throw him Sam thiday uh, he'd probably be cracking gags more than throwing punches he'd be packing into the wrong scrum and stuff I'm not sure he does seem more of a lover than a fighter Sammy
0: yes I think so I don't think Thiday belongs there uh, uh,
1: Russell Packer
0: honorary, uh, well he's from the North Island of Queensland so he he could probably get in there he certainly expressed himself on some, some core Oval at <laughs> once Suncor Stadium on one stage I believe so there we go. We're going to have a huge fight night to get resolve some of these conflicts that you've talked about in rugby league, and let's start with the first one, Dennis. Shall we?
1: sure. So this is not round one. This is game one. This is fight number one. Ding! You know how you know, we need we, we need the boxing bell. We've we got the ding, but we can't use it because it'll confuse our audience because they'll think it's either six to go for, a, <laughs> for in, inside the ten or a ruck infringement.
0: Just be one of those clanging bells. I think. Yeah. So you know when you hear a fight that's on at 7.30 and in fact it's not until like 10 past midnight because there's an undercard. Yeah. So the first undercard this week has been the explosion that's occurred primarily within the confines of SEN radio just down the road between Brandy Alexander from the Penrith Panthers yes, and one Cameron Smith. Smith. Speaking of rearing ugly heads. Brandy might have had a suggestion that the hip drop that's been a blight on our game, hello Pat Carrigan, and uh, suggested that the Melbourne Storm might have had something to do well, with we it. Can we say
1: hello Joe Tarpany as well, who well. had one and he gave
0: natural justice, as we discussed last week? Brandon Smith got away with it, Totala got away with it, You know, mm-hmm. either you get yep. or you don't get away with it. And of course, this suggestion from Brandy prompted these comments from Cameron Smith. Yeah.
1: I, I just don't know how you can come up with that comment to say that, single out one club to say they introduced that tackle into mm. our sport. I just. That, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit over the top yeah. because off the top of my head, I can't ever recall seeing Brandy at one of our training sessions. I, I can't to say to single out the Melbourne Storm. That's that's really unfair. I can hear who's in the background sniggering. It's <laughs> someone sniggering. He's yeah, producer. <laughs> this is, so this is the same Cam Smith who was rubbed out. Was it two thousand eight Grand Final? Who was rubbed out off with of chicken wing? Yes. Okay, and the following, the game one of 2009, there was a penalty given against the Storm for a chicken wing. And Cameron has walked up to the to Camo and said, what was that penalty for? And he said, it's a chicken wing. And deadpan Cam has gone, what's a
0: chicken wing? <laughs> now, Brandy has returned serve to the former Storm's captain. Remember when this tackle first came in, and I thought, this is a disgrace. Like players Jesse dropping Bunch. their weight on the back mm. of players' legs. Yep. A disgrace,
1: and it was a Melbourne Storm tackle. Mm. Shock horror. Jesse Bromwich yep. was the first one. Yeah, that I, reme- they... I remember the charge, and and yeah. I remember it just creeping into the game. Oh. I remember, going, wow,
0: what what are these blokes doing? And it, and yep, another Melbourne Storm tackle.
1: What a great that! What a great start to the card. Because Smith will be all mind games and niggle and and denial and all sorts of things. Whereas Brandy Alexander, Brandy hard on the sleeve, Brandy. He'll be playing. He'll be punching with all passion, and oh, that'll be a wonderful contest.
0: And Brandy goes on to say, "I think history shows, and it's not a stretch for me to jump to a Melbourne Storm conclusion that the grapple, the chicken wing, the rolling pin, the crusher, the hip drop, and one I would like to add in my my personal favourite, the wing nut. I think." <laughs> Hello, they, Bailey Symonsen. I, I think they all emanate out of Melbourne. Melbourne have led the way. They changed the game back in two thousand and two three, where the wrestle became part of the game. Now. You heard that Smith refuted the allegation that they invented the hip drop down in the storms, Mm. but he didn't refute the allegation that they developed. (laughs) I'll read them again. The grapple, the chicken wing, the rolling pin, the crusher, and, of course, the wing nut.
1: And the cannonball.
0: Yeah. And I believe... The Cameron Smith, if you go back and re-listen to that audio, if you can scan on your podcast technology, you will hear him denying that they invented the hip drop tackle through gritted teeth because he thinks it's possible that maybe someone else did come up with it and it's (laughs) taken away from his canon and from his legacy.
1: Well, I suspect if you listen even closer, you'll actually hear the bristles in his moustache being twisted (laughs) as he twirls that villainous mo. And well, that, that's, a, that's a great start to the night. Have you got any thoughts of who's going to be the second on the
0: card? Well, before I get there, I Ooh, just want there's to... More. Uh, there, there's more. There's a, you know... Are there steak knives? There are seconds in, seconds in boxing, right? And there is a second for Cameron Smith in case he needs someone to come in on his behalf. And I refer, of course, to the furious, as he's been described in the Nine Press, Storm's owner, Matt Tripp. Who's Trippy. lashed out at Penrith Deputy Chair Greg Alexander as beyond absurd... I like saying absurd instead of absurd. And, um, and his comments are worth sharing with you, Dennis. Sure. Because he seems like a progressive. He says- So, uh, just, so
1: who, Matt Tripp is the owner?
0: Yes, of the storm.
1: Okay, so Matt Tripp is the owner, and then the CEO
0: is Johnny wrestle. Is it and So we've got a trip, we've got a wrestle, we got his... <laughs> this so This is where it comes from. He said everyone in the club is hurt by Brandy's comments. He goes, first, I want to say I'm not one of those conspiracy theorists that think the Sydney media has it in for the Melbourne storm. Well, I think it's a matter of accepted fact that they do have it in for the Melbourne Storm. He suggests it's quite the opposite. I think in recent times, there's been an excellent balance in how they assess the Melbourne Storm and the way they go about their football, which is simply a reference that in 2012, they were absolutely mind-numbingly robotic and repetitive oh, cyborgs yeah. rolling down the field. But as the talent pool changed, Bellamy, who's you know, you know, working away with the Petri dishes, <laughs> Melbourne you know, ended up playing a bit of footy and everyone's had to acknowledge that. But go, listen to this, Dennis. The fact is Greg Alexander is an exception to the rule and has been a Melbourne Storm detractor for many years. And, and I, of course, there's no greater fan of the Storms than me. Well, and I, so I, I share his outrage. To the extent that when he's commentating one of our games, most of us down here in Melbourne have to watch it with the volume turned down oh, because no. he's so biased and so one-sided and so anti-Melbourne that not only is he embarrassing himself... He's embarrassing the broadcasters he represent. And I would suggest his family, oh. his pets, oh. and the game itself. To suggest we would create a tackle to deliberately maim and injure people is beyond absurd. And I hope that he had his time again. He wouldn't make such a ridiculous comment. And just to put a, a, an underline on this, Dennis, he went on to say that the comments were borderline defamatory. <sighs> to abuse his position as a journalist... As well as being deputy chair of a football club, in our game is beyond unacceptable. I got it beyond there. I can't believe this continued risk hunt for us for over twenty years still goes on today. Can I just underline this discussion and give you the secret to the Melbourne Storm success over those twenty years? The conspiracy theory: the that S- everyone hates them. Siege mentality. mentality. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. Well, that that's a tremendous opening bout. So you could actually put Alexander against Smith and Trip rather than have him on the, you said, have him as a second. If Gell's going to fight two heads, why couldn't Alexander fight? I'm assuming Trip's a Queenslander if he's living in Melbourne and has something to do with rugby league.
0: Yeah, Mark Iyer I think would be a good second for Brandy. Perfect. Oh, so two, two heads. Yeah. Granny versus Trip. By the way, Tripp, I think he's well-named. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so back on then, who do you see as the second stoush?
0: Cameron Smith would have claimed to have invented the trip if only been born about you know, 40, 50 years <laughs> earlier. So there's been a bit of trouble up north, Dennis. Up north? Yes, Newcastle Knights, ah. uh, who came together, if I can use that expression, to beat out the hapless West Tigers out at Campbelltown Sports Stadium the other day. Oh. Uh, Daniel Saifidi, when asked about that, said, look, you know, we've been trying too hard. And yep. um, part of the issue for the boys has been we've been suffering from performance anxiety. And let's face it, we've all been there.
1: Well, we know about it. if you try too hard, you get over that inverted U, you That's get right. to the wrong side of the inverted U, the, uh, you get too aroused.
0: The arousal parabola. You get too aroused.
1: So the Knights have been too aroused.
0: So the week before last against the Dogs, uh, super trainer Hayden Knowles was attempting to get David Klemmer, who's a lock for Newcastle Player of the Year, which is, you know... Mm. It's one of those oxymoronic rewards, really, isn't it? Take him off. And, of course, Clemmer refused. Uh, There were some words exchanged. You'd be familiar with them, the Michael Lux and the Carmichael Hunts in the world. Yep. yep. By the way, if there's one good that's come out of the Clemmer-Knowles issue, it's um, given some amplification for another expression that's being used by the Kardashians now up at the foot of the mountains being the Penrith Panthers.
1: Yes, the I've FEC. seen this. The FEC. So that was the post. There was a picture of um, Chinny Cleary of the, the yes. Cardassian, the younger Cardassian, and which other Cardassian Louis. was it? it? Was the Luai Cardassian? Yeah, you know, the missing halves. And they were standing there, <laughs> going, "Still, Penrith could beat Canberra." But anyway, <laughs> doesn't take much. Um, so they've got they're standing there, looking resolved and resilient and brave. In a black and, and white arms. photo. And the letters, F-E- FEC.
0: Which stands for Michael well, we, Luck, we, we th- every Michael Hunt. Yes. Together against them all.
1: Yes. Now, everyone thought when that was put up on Twitter, it's interesting they put that up and they haven't been given any sanction for that, given that that's the meaning. I, I'm sure, have they confected another meaning for it?
0: Well, I think if we're listening to Matt Tripp and who isn't, Penrith run the show right now and the NRL hasn't got the courage. Because I do recall there was a player...
1: Um was it Kane Evans that had fold some Carmichael yes, Hunt? Yes, yes. So he actually had the word Carmichael Hunt on his wrist. Yeah, but he was He didn't have FEC. You no, know, if no. he'd had FEC and it got out to the media that he's saying fold every Carmichael Hunt, he probably would have been in just as much trouble.
0: I'm not so sure about that because I think you just claim the initials are some little-known insurance crowd. FAC yes, but insurance. you're lying, and everyone
1: knows you're lying. So that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Everyone knows that that's what the Kardashians are saying, but somehow they're the big club. So no one says, hang on a second, you can't put Carmichael Hunt up on Twitter, chaps. Paul Gallum was fined fifty grand for exactly that. Now, okay, they only use the first letter, but the intent is there. The intent, and it's all about intent. Where is Lee Hadjipatelos right now? Well... Because <laughs> I'm thinking Trippy's calling for him when he says that's borderline, yeah. that's borderline defamatory. He's calling on Lee Hadjipatelis.
0: Well, we'll come to Lee in a moment. But uh, look, I think we've already established big club theory, the bigger the player, the lesser the penalty, right? Mm. Now, in Clemens' case, he's been taken off. The words have been exchanged. And Knowles apparently said, I very calmly said, Dave, I respect you, but I'm not sure if you are respecting me or the team at the moment. Mm. Now, if they are the words that Hayden Knowles actually said to Dave Clemmer on the field, there is an expression, I'm a monkey's uncle. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, a monkey's great uncle and all his cousins. That's all I'm saying. So, of course, what happened with this incident, Dennis, which is the wrong way to resolve it, the right way is to resolve it in gal v. two heads. Oh, 100%. Right. The wrong way is to report it to HR. HR? Yes. So. So it was reported to the human resources. Some bunch of clowns that
1: failed psychology at, at university. <laughs> Some sociology dropout. Can I just go come to-
0: and reinvented himself? And th- I- they're going to go to them. Lefty woke hello, right? And this has been unfortunate. Now Hayden Knowles, who feels that it's unfortunate, it ended up in HR. Had this to say. And look, he seems like a terrific guy. Worked with. Oh, here you go, Kardashians recently, Ooh. plus Freddie Fittler and the uh, Origin team. He goes in terms of his behaviour. He goes. That's what leaders do. Sometimes leadership is tough. Sometimes you have to put the value of the team before anything. No matter who the person is, if our club, our roster, our management wants success, they should be thanking me for trying to uphold the set of the standards the team needs. Now, that just sounds like a terrific guy to work with. Doesn't it? Yeah. But he's sending people to HR. (laughs) It kind of explains why Adam O'Brien gave that bizarre press conference saying, I don't unlearn the fact that I've been associated with four premierships, right? And then... (laughs) had to do a retraction the following Tuesday in a second press conference where he did give the amazing insight in relation to rugby league where passions can get inflamed and arousals can go up the parabola mm. where he says, we're not playing yuca. No. Well, if you've been to the AEL Championships, the Australian Yuca League Championships, um, that's mind games and mental warfare deluxe. And there's hearts on sleeves and there's there are people calling each other names. Nice. Oh, it's ferocious. The great news here is, Dennis, is that rugby league has listened yeah, and to exactly the criticism that you've been leveling against HR, the HR phenomenon. New head of football Peter Parr. of the new Cowboys. New head, so this is a third and, head. <laughs> that's right, third head. Peter Parr, good at hitting the bin on a win. Oh you know, yeah, in the rooms, yep, he's yep. really yep. good at that. They've changed the process. He goes, "We've changed the process. Any of these types of incidents, they will now come to me, and I will decide if they has to be escalated." So in other words, if there's an incident of bullying or alleged assault or inappropriate behaviour in a rugby league environment in Newcastle, instead of taking it to the particular professionals who are set up to deal with these incidents, you take it to the head of football. And Peter Parr will go, no, no, nothing to see here. I won't report that. So rugby league, again, going completely in the opposite way to modern corporate behaviour and accountability. HR is probably
1: busy enough dealing with the security guards at Hunter Stadium who are like they're – a nightmare. The car park there is so full of potholes, and the security guards like sending people into the potholes. HR really should be dealing with that. And that Peter Parr is 100% right there. Now, I've got to say, when I was thinking about what we're going to do on Fire Up this week, I really thought it was basically we're going to be kicking the you know, feasting on the carcass of the Newcastle Knights, is what we're going to be doing. But you're saying that's only second on the card. What could possibly be more than that,
0: Chris? Well, how about this for entertainment in the middle part of the evening? Your dark overlord, Sir Peter Philandis, PV himself, takes on New South Wales Premier for now. Wow. Dominic Perrottet slash Perrottet.
2: Wow. So we've got the overlord,
1: we've got the Premier. This, that, 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 The question I'd have, now you're very much involved in PWA. Mm-hmm. You love the scripting. You love the storylines. There are people who sit there and say, oh, ditch the story. It'd be more fun. Those people are idiots. Mm-hmm. Those people are clowns. They have nothing. They have no creativity. They have no thought. They have no passion. They have no heart. They can take their keyboard warriorship and clear off. They're weak. Anyway, <laughs> they. Would, would it be possible these two maybe trick it up a bit? That maybe at- that maybe when Valandis and Perite and Perit are having the blue, there'd be a couple of chairs which those those chairs self destruct. And maybe there'd be a little a soft bit outside the ring so that when PVL throws Peritet out, he could land on the soft bit. Oh, or he could
0: land in some another pack of chairs who are
1: actually other fighters who catch him safely.
0: Do you think we could do that? So you're referring to something that's referred to in the industry as a work. A work. Yes. So if you look at if, when I, Parate, when
1: I think Perite, when I think Volandas, I think a work.
0: Right. Look at it from Peritec's point of view. Now, I know you were transfixed yesterday to the John Barillaro evidence.
1: Oh, what what that's great theatre. He's, so- he's a Queenbian boy. I know. He's, no, that is from Quangers. Who else is from Quangers? Ricky Stewart's from Quangers. So he's from Quangers. And you know what the worst thing is? He's a He's a Manly fan. So he's best mates with Ricky Stewart. Like they went to school together. They're good friends. And somehow he's remained a Manly fan. He was in Quangers. He's my age. He was in Quangers when the Raiders started and he chose to stay with Manly. No one likes Manly. He, and he, except for John Barilaro.
0: Welcome to the National Party leader. And so, of course, I think there was stuff about the blurring of employee and personal relationships and all that you know really difficult stuff where you need to go to hello HR yep. and get it sorted out. But look, he lost Eleni Petnos a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Stuart Ayres. Ayres-y. Gone, right? So Volantis has gone. Now, look, we've got this opportunity with Lismore. So why don't you go at me and say we can't afford to fund the stadium extension suburban style and I'll come back and say it's appalling that they're using human tragedy of the floods to renege on an agreement, and I will look like the bad guy, the heel. And Peritot goes, you beauty. Oh, hang on. Sorry, that was you. <laughs> that was me. doing. That wasn't actually audio. That, that actually wasn't audio, no. Okay, sorry. And so, of course, we know the narrative that the government, one would argue quite rightly, has said we've got to put a pause on the stadium developments and we're talking about St. George Illawarra, uh, Leichhardt Oval, of course, Shark, Shark Park, Park you know, all those sorts of things because we've got budget priorities. And Volante's, of course, have got its point zero 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 one of the budget. And uh, it's sort of blown up that, you know, peritet has got some political capital out of this by standing up to the NRL. And, of course, what happens to the allocated money ostensibly goes to Lismore. But if I know my government workings well enough, consolidated revenue, right? Ah. So in goes that money for now. And then, of course, what we get is the trusty lieutenants sort of building into the argument that will ultimately mean that whilst Volandis took the hit as the bad guy, describing the new Allianz Stadium as unnecessary, whereas Robbo says it's a worthy coliseum.
1: Oh, so Robbo's in the work as well.
0: Oh, yeah, and Robbo's thumbing his nose <laughs> at Russell Crowe because Russell Crowe won't be able to gladiator style a la, you know, the Caesar type, give the thumbs up or thumbs down because, yep. get this, South can't play there. Sorry, Pence Smith. Uh then he gets his trusty lieutenant, who was described by James Valentine or introduced by James Valentine on 702 yesterday as Lee Harvey Pantellis, <laughs> as opposed to Lee Hatchapetellis. Lee Harvey Pantellis. Like, Lee goes hard on Penrith getting a stadium. So here, so here's the NRL attacking stadiums the NRL has just got in Alliance and the Commission Penrith <laughs> one, because Lee goes... At Leichhardt Oval, the beleaguered Leichhardt Oval, we're going to play at least 50, 60 events every year. We're only going to do 12 football games at Penrith, right? And in sort of embarrass the government over Ayres, who has removed, been removed, and then go Ayers, on... who is and-
1: the member for Penrith.
0: Correct. And has gone on to suggest that um, Leichhardt Oval itself is third world <laughs> bordering on dangerous, Right. So he sets up a narrative. Now, we know the very unfortunate events on the weekend. Really? What happened? Some rugby union boys got a bit bruised. Thankfully, no one's seriously hurt Taken a Broken Oswald. wrist. Yes. Oh, I hurt scapula. Uh-huh. Uh, Cooper Cronk. But scapula. Who knows? <laughs> oh, so play on. He'll play in the grand final anyway. <laughs> that, that kid will be turning be out for his fine. club. Yep. They've led on the He's fence. got a contract
1: on Fox as well. That's
0: right. They've led on the fence behind the dead ball line at Leichhardt and they've taken a bit of a tumble. Yep. So it's all been set up that we've actually – taken the heat for being the bad guys vis-a-vis the floods. Mm-hmm. We've actually suggested that the value of stadiums is the multi-purpose community asset yep. where it will actually take kids off video screens and stop playing computer games right. so they can go to, I don't know, what, use the outdoor basketball court? Because that's about <laughs> it. Otherwise, you've got to pay your money to get in. And we put into the ether that, in fact, the Leichhardt Stadium, Leichhardt Oval Stadium's a bit of an overreach, is an example of a dilapidated third-world borderline dangerous facility that will, in the end, be very quietly addressed out of consolidated revenue.
1: I suspect, you know what, it won't be quietly addressed out of consolidated revenue. I suspect when there's an election coming up, they'll say, you know what, we might just...
2: We're going to fix up the stadiums. There's a stadium for you. There's a stadium for you. we have fixed the floods. How
1: good are we? Because they're in such crisis. And Peter Volandis as well. There's another side note here that Peter Volandis, he's taken the hit as a bad guy because really – This is nothing to do with it. This isn't really that big an issue. People are still, you know, Shark Park sold out last week. Brookvale Oval sold out last week. Okay, they could get more people and they could get more revenue, but they're selling out the stadiums. That sounds better. It sounds better to sell out an 18,000-seat venue than to have a half-full 36,000-seat venue, which is what they'd have. But we'll talk about this, I'm sure we'll talk, we've talked about it previously, the bunker inconsistency, the judiciary inconsistency, all this nonsense that goes on, the fact that your Tigers were robbed by, in the Cowboys game. Peter Volandis doesn't like any of that message. No, no. So he's trying to say to people, take your eye, don't look at that, don't read that nonsense in the paper, read
0: this nonsense instead, another show. It's absolutely playing. It's brilliant work by PVL. There's no it's bigger beautiful. fan of his work than you and me, and indeed Lee hedger and dare I say, inner-city West Mayor Darcy can Byrne. I, can I just
1: ask, with Lee Harvey Pantelis, um is there not the Wayne Pierce Hill, would you describe that as a grassy knoll? <laughs> yes. Do you think Lee Harvey Pantelis might have been sitting on there with a magic bullet, to or a magic method of breaking that fence?
0: No, no. I think that the dirty work that's done by the Tigers to create this narrative, to create this message, to create this solution, is indeed the latcham robinson stand Possum. The, poss- <laughs> the, the possum is, is prepared for this to happen. And so w- what it leaves us with is a beautiful opportunity for your mate and my mate, Alistair Hensons to come in as the new sports minister. We're, we're calling friend of the show. Friend of the show. Solve this problem and we'll end up with the right priorities, which is that Lismore gets the funding that it needs and the suburban grounds get the refurb that they do. And most importantly, Dennis... Above all, when we talk about family, we talk about kids, Kids. and Peter Volandis has saved the kids and got them off the video screens.
1: encourage kids to go and play sport, incentivise them, get them off those video machines, and this is a preventive measure because, especially for obesity and mental health, if kids are inside playing video games, they're going to be seeking medical treatment at some point in their lives. This is to get them out of those video games, give them some mental health, give them a chance to exercise,
3: and incentivise them.
4: In the NRL, you've got to be tough. You have to eat right. You have to live right. And, you know, not play these bloody computer games after school and all that. You know, get out and do a bit of work. And that's that's what you've got to do as a kid if you want to play in the NRL.
1: Oh, Steve Gilpin. What a tragic, what a terrible loss. And this week we've lost Judith Durham and Livian Newton John as well. So, one, obviously, Steve Gilpin was a couple of decades ago. One of the first shows
0: I saw at the Vanguard off the back of the first coming out of COVID, which I'm saying. Was a gig around about December 2020. Was My Sex, you know, and they lost the bass player not that long ago. So it was really only one original member, but Steve Balby was singing oh, lead. And what a legend Steve balby he is. Sure is. He sure really is so many good songs. Um, but if you think about Steve Gilpin, I just immediately think it only hurts when I'm laughing, Dennis.
1: Well, when I think about Steve Gilpin, I actually think about I used to ride my push bike when I was in the band. We were based in Byron Bay. I used to ride from Ocean Shores down to Mullumbimby, so about twenty-five k's up and down the hills. And I quite often would have bikies following me, and down the hills I'd be ahead of the bikies, then up the hills they'd catch me up. And one of these bikies was, in fact, Steve Gilpin. There you go. And I met up with Steve, and I had I knew their producer. He was playing in bands up there, and I used to lose my voice real bad. And Steve said, "Here's what you got to do, champion." When you're losing your voice you get yourself a whole head of garlic you get yourself the juice of a whole lemon a couple of tablespoons of honey and then a good half a cup of a good cup of rum you put all the ingredients in a saucepan you cook them up you warm them up then you put the rum in so you put everything apart from the rum then you put the rum in and then you drink it and you follow it up with a red cordial and coke and you drink red cordial and coke on stage and he said, I don't know if it's just the fact that it's so utterly disgusting that you think if I can survive this, I can sing. Or, or whether there's goodness in the rum and the garlic and the lemon and the honey and they actually coat your throat and then the red, the grenadine cordial coats your throat. But 100%, it
0: worked. I thought you were going to say, time. you cook it all up, you pour it in a glass and you throw, throw that it. out <laughs> and, and take a butter menthol and <laughs> suck on that, right?
1: No, but that was my Steve Gilpin. And I still do it to this day. If I have a bad throat and have to sing, thank you, Steve. Rest in peace. But anyway, back to rugby league. Now you're saying that Gel is the main event. Now, sure. could could I put it to you that maybe this weekend something else has happened, oh, something really? else to do with rugby league, family, and dogs, <laughs> and that would be an even better. Main event. What Do, do you get... Do you, it gets? you picking up what I'm putting I'm down, a, I'm Chris? I'm getting
0: a bit of a tremor, Dennis, but what I mean, you it's feeling? your story to tell. It's your story to tell.
1: Well, look, I was watching a wonderful press conference. I always do watch the Raiders press conference. It's... And even more so when they've lost because that's what I most need to hear from Ricky. If the Raiders have lost, I'm able to reserve my opinion on the game until I hear what Ricky says. And Ricky's comments, you know, he said the game wasn't that bad. Yeah, we, we made mistakes, but we weren't, the score didn't reflect it. Our effort wasn't that bad. There's a few things missing, you know, he wasn't disappointed with the boys. There was some controversy here and there. But then at the very end, someone asked a question about a kick in the nuts. And no one likes a kick in the nuts. And Ricky clearly has a big thing about kicks in the nuts. And he said, that's not on. He can take the taps, you know, the hit on the head. He can take the accidental contact because it's a contact game. And then he came out and said, and I, when I first heard him say it, I was a bit concerned because he called a child a weak, gutted, you know, and again, you think well, he said weak, gutted dog. And you think of, I've thought of my, my friend's sausage dog. That, oh, maybe you know, it's a bit too much chocolate, does Jamin. Oh, maybe oh, maybe he's just, just travel sick. Weak, gutted dog. But he actually said weak, gutted dog kid. Now, when I was listening and I heard that, my, I heard the weak, gutted dog and then the K sound. And I was like, oh my God, he's going the Carmichael. He's gonna go. he's a weak gutted dog Carmichael. And up my mind reeled and then he said, kid. It's like, wait a second, he's calling he's saying as a kid, he was a weak gutted dog kid, and he's still a weak gutted person now.
0: Well, no, he said weak gutted dog person.
1: Weak gutted dog kid. And a weak gutted dog person,
0: right? And of course, he's referring to Penrith Panther, Jaden uh, Salmon. Jaden
1: Salmon. So, was was he saying that he's someone who would who would like my little boy's mum's, um, you know, Jack Russells? Would he like Sean Peter's sausage dogs? Because they're they're weak. He's a weak gutted dog kind of kid. Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, uh, look, it's it is a little bit confusing because it's an expression that we're not overly familiar with. And I know there's been some debate when we sort of get into this in a little bit more detail, it'll hopefully put some clarity on it, but I believe that you heard it or thought that he intended to say weak, gutless dog, correct? Well,
1: I think if, if it was meant as an insult, it, it kind of they go together weak and gutless, go together, weak, right. gutless dog.
0: Right. I it, My first report hearing it, because they're going, you got to stay around at halftime in Cronulla versus St. George Illawarra because Ricky Stewart... Has made some explosive comments at halftime, and and the first time I thought they said he thought that he'd said weak gutter dog, right? So it turns out that the expression weak gutted in in terms of weak gutted thing and so forth may well be found in Chopper Reed's autobiography, which I know is a sacred text for Ricky. Right. But he has form. I've got a little bit of exclusive audio for you, Dennis. He has form. We know Ricky has a little bit of trouble expressing himself. We saw famously in this show, Forty Seven Texas, etc. Yeah. but he briefly contemplated a life in crime, but his <laughs> failure to express himself got himself in a little bit of trouble, as you can hear from this audio.
4: What does this say? <clears throat> uh,
3: can't you read that? Uh, I can't read this. What's this? Act natural? No, it's just please put $50,000 into this bag and act natural. It does say act natural.
2: Uh, so I'm pointing uh, a gun at you. That
4: looks like gub. That doesn't look like gun. No, that's
3: gun. No, that's gub. Uh, that's a B. No, see, that's an N. It's, it's G-U-N. It's gun. Uh, George, would you step over here a moment, please? What does this say? Please put $50,000 into this bag and app natural. What's app? Ab- back does this does this look like gub or gun? Gun,
0: see? But what's Ab mean? So, thankfully, he was deterred from a life of crime <laughs> so, because of so, that experience. It
1: was in the Cornwall Bank at Queanbeyan. <laughs> That's right. It was him and John Barilaro <laughs> trying to roll a
0: bank. <laughs> but after some debate and some consternation, I think we've settled on the expression we, we gut, gutted dog kid and we gutted dog person. So... I, I, you know, are you suggesting that uh, Stuart versus the Salmon family is um, the main event in Gal's?
1: Well, it, w- it would be. It certainly has blown up the world of rugby league. It has blown up deluxe. There have been apologies. And Ricky's apology was fascinating because he's obviously read through um, Terry Bull's pro forma. Yes. In which one admits one has a problem first and foremost. Correct. One then apologizes to the person that one has damaged most.
0: So shall I break this down as you go along? Yes. I regret saying what I did on that platform. And by the word, that by the way, that is the word of the week, platform. Platform. Yeah. After the game, I was speaking as a father and not as a football coach. My reaction was to a family situation that I thought I had dealt with. I clearly haven't. And I allowed the emotions to get the better of me. That's uh-huh.
1: the- So there's the mere culpa. There's yeah. the, this is my fault. This is, this is what, so he says, I have a problem with un- unresolved emotions from a decade ago. Right. Okay. Right. He he's pretty much has said that. So, what he's then meant to do, according to Terry, is you apologise to the person you've wronged.
0: For that, I am very sorry. There is a history between Jamin Salmon and my family that I will not go into. Shouldn't have brought it up after the game, but it just got the better of me. I am truly sorry to.
1: So, he's obviously sorry. He's saying sorry to Jamin
0: Salmon there. No, I then. He, no, no, uh, that's oh, what I well, then.
1: Well, after Jamin Salmon, he'd be apologising to the Penrith Club.
0: Uh, no, that doesn't. Seem to oh, be okay. part well, obviously of the... then he'd be going to the game in general.
1: Apologize. We've got that. We've got the game in general. Sorry to the
0: game. Sorry, the game. attention.
1: Okay, that's good. Um, he'd then apologise to his club. No. Oh, he'd then apologise to his uh, teammates and his the players. No reference to that. He'd apologise to his his family. Yeah, his that's kids. there. He's got that. Family's there. And that'll be the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so-, so
0: he's he's got step one. He skips step Skip two, three, four, five, six <laughs> gone. Seven and eight. We can hook him up with Terry Bull's pro forma and get this sorted out, but let's call it a selective apology. Yeah. One thing I will say, and I think one of the hopefully good things that can come out of all this sorry business, is that clearly we do need a platform for rugby league fathers.
1: Yes. Right?
0: Because obviously a post-match press conference is not the right platform. So we will be launching a fire-up exclusive app for rugby league fathers. An apt. (laughs) An app. <laughs> I, I, I thought, it I doesn't say app? No, 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 it's definitely app. Uh, we will release that for all rugby league fathers where they can vent yep. all their concerns. It will, of course, be known under the name Unhinged. <laughs> so when you're looking it up on your app store, be careful that you don't go on hinge. And will you address you, it? Will you address this? Because that could get a lot of rugby league fathers in a lot of trouble <laughs> if they're caught on hinge, let me tell you. But Unhinged, a platform for all rugby league fathers. I love it. And would you, would you, Address this by texter.
1: Is that, It over- automatically generates texters to make oh. apologies. Oh, that, that yet another service that fire up offices the offers the people <laughs> of, <laughs> officers the people of rugby league. Um, but Chris, before we move on, can I just ask you a, a question? Yes. Do you have any Arara Valley axes to grind? <laughs>
0: Well, the sad news is, Dennis, that in the Arara Valley Axman lottery raffle, however you want to describe it, where Courtney Shapter was very kindly yes. going to donate money to the local club plus a junior club of Fire Ups Choosing, we didn't get any of the oh no cash prizes. I did get a thank you email from Sam Burgess, though. From and, Sam Burgess himself. Yeah, saying thank you for your participation. Wait a
1: second, you got a you you got an email from Sam? Was this from the Arara Valley Axeman's Club um, email address?
0: Uh, it just Sam replied to the uh, the general email that went out to all the participants from the Arara Valley. Are you <laughs> telling me you Axman. have Sam? Email address. Well, and whether I choose to use it, I'm not going to disclose at this stage. But I'd like to sort of send him at least a thank you and, and how much value he's added to the show and how sad we are.
1: And perhaps you could invite him on the show. That's right. He could come and spruik his bread Because I did, as you know, up in Coffs Harbour, I had a little bit of his jerky. Yes. And it was very good. If he wants to come on here and just talk about the jerky and nothing else, I'm more than happy for that.
0: And so... We will sort of say to Sam, "Look, we're sorry that you're going back to the rabbits, and we wish you'd stayed for the chili con carne pies," as Courtney so um, successfully pointed Gee, out. So, no, no joy there. I, I suppose two axes to grind. One is in that uh, main event that's now uh, headline: Stuart versus Salmon family, <laughs> entire family. The voice of reason is Sam Ayoub. <laughs> and that's so unlikely you know player agent Sam Aube, is
1: that a sentence that's ever been said before I know he he
0: represents Jamin and he says Jamin clearly wanted to come out and publicly defend himself but he said I think it's just better to cool your heels for a while so saner heads prevail I mean it really upsets me when Sam Ayub is the voice of reason that's enough of an axe to grind but but I've got a really important one here Dennis and Look, a lot of people have been after Graeme Annesley recently and even you know, enlisting General Patton. Friend of the show, Felix. That's right. If you're going to enlist a general into a discussion when they're trying to explain the, the Sofa Solomona-Farrago from a couple of weeks back. And people are just baying for consistency in rugby league. And I'm saying I'm baying for inconsistency in rugby league because if we get consistency in rugby league, we ain't got a show. Yeah. <laughs> but this is head of football, correctly using his correct appellation, not, not ref's boss, Graeme Annesley, <laughs> I think he's drunk with power, Dennis. You do? So there was an issue at the, the Sarks game against the Rabbitohs from memory about the pre-match fireworks and so William Kennedy couldn't see the ball and all this sort of thing.
1: Uh, was it prior to that? There was a game – I thought it was the Broncos. I thought it was up in the
0: – There's been a few fireworks issues. Yeah. So what,
1: they, they couldn't see the ball because it's been kicked off. Right. Yeah.
0: So Annesley's gone into the public domain and had this to say. On a number of occasions over recent weeks – and we saw beautiful fireworks for James Tarmo's 300th and second game. Because but they were after the game. After the game.
1: You'd think they would have learnt from the Raiders game against the Storm in Melbourne when Joey Lelua got fireworks in the eye.
0: <laughs> fireworks have been used as teams take the field, resulting in a plume of smoke yep. hanging over the field of play as the game commences. This obviously has the potential to affect the vision of players from both competing teams and could negatively impact play. He pointed to the operations manual, which is a terrific read, let me tell you. (laughs) Under no circumstances are fireworks to be placed on the field of play at any time before the game without the prior approval of, of, guess who, Annesley. Also, for safety reasons, no fireworks are to be placed near the player's tunnel as the player enters the field. And he goes, in the last five minutes before kickoff at all future NL games, no approval will be granted for any smoke-generating fireworks. If you're telling me that I've got to pay to go to Suncor Stadium to see this bloody grand final this year, and that I don't see those guys military-style run out to some apocalyptic soundtrack from Stephen Ferris (laughs) through the plumes of smoke saying it's on, it's battle time because of some stupid manual directive from Graham Annesley, I'm done with Rugby League. Well, can I put this alternative to you, and this is what Graham will have. Smokeless fireworks?
1: No, no, no. There'll be smoke and they'll run out militarily through the smoke and they'll line up and at that point the black hawk will come down with the with the winfield cup
0: and it will blow the smoke away that's a beautiful image dennis except i just need <laughs> to point out that it's the proven summons cup these days I know it is. though if it's fair dinkum, every year it should rotate and it should be the summons proven club but that's just a a wests filter view of the whole situation. <laughs> little chip on the
1: shoulder there yeah,
0: yeah by the way frank burge immortal um that's been a discussion in many forums lately and i think proven's an immortal why isn't arthur an immortal oh he should be because he's immortalized on that trophy. and can i make one comment about immortals they live forever joey johns has clarified his comments on the asafa solomona farrago as i previously described it where we played the audio where he goes <laughs> That's, he should get four, four months, months on the side. Oh sideline. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, And then went on to say, that's almost a send off, which made everyone go, boy, <laughs> how long do you get if you do get sent off? Now he went into the nine press on Thursday and said, I just need to clarify. I was a bit carried away when I said four months, I meant four weeks. And that seemed sensible, but I was in the company of Bronco Reg. Yep. As unfortunately, his Brisbane Broncos got badly touched up by the Sydney Roosters at the old goal on Thursday. Oh, that's so unfortunate. And I was talking about this retraction and he goes, no, no, what you've got to understand is that Joey's an immortal. And if you're immortal, you see time differently. because you control time. Time just stretches out endlessly in front of you. It's meaningless. And so to Joey, four months is four weeks. So he didn't make a mistake. And he's simply trying to correct the mistake in the press because... They misunderstood him. He's not just a rugby league immortal. I believe Joey Johns is truly immortal. Wow. Well, I, I can't dispute any of that. Um, but what I will do to say, just just sum up all this. Which means, for time immemorial, he's going to have to put up with more of that bullshit that you guys go on with from Queensland. Which <laughs> will be, that is the almost quixotic result of being immortal, Dennis. Is, yes, you live forever, but it ain't all a bowl of cherries,
1: because Queensland does as well. Is that what you're saying? Queensland is immortal. Well, the only way I can possibly sum this mess up for the last few for the last week, just for the last week, last week you may recall I misappropriated uh, a Billy Joel song. Yeah, well I've done it again because it's just too much has happened. So I've written verses five, six, seven, and eight for this week.
2: I really thought that Rugby League would have a very quiet week. I couldn't be more wrong. One week off the neighbor's ends, Rugby League's drama descends into such soap opera that I had to change this song. Thursday night, JWH, elbow into Fulton's face. Doesn't have to make a case, just pays a little fee. Friday, Nelson's elbow seeks to break some up weight gets teeth, No fine, no suspension, no, he gets off scot free then at the judiciary Nathan Cleary Cops right weeks straight Introducing Dylan Brown To upside down world More stranger things Newcastle way Clemmer didn't want to break On the field he'd like to stay Trainer Cops a massive spray Five weeks until the finals But the controversies Just keep on returning Only five weeks until the finals Now I'm feeling sure There can't be any more than the Judiciary and MRC Bunker and the referee Played by inconsistency, it looks bad for the game The lander says he had to act, make a story to distract the press and fans So he ran a Dominic Parate. Peter said they had a deal to rebuild Leichhardt and Brookvale's. His plans were scrapped to rebuild the Olympic Stadium Pizza Dominic Dominic like Leichhardt glasses under kids Now Pete's threatening to take grand finals up to Queensland We should until the finals the grand final might be on the move, and soon they'll just be four weeks until the finals. But I'm feeling sure they can't be any more bad. Derek Sims high shot doesn't get sent off. Then we get the real shot. Press conference bomb drops. What the hell has Ricky said? We got a dog kid that's gonna cause some shaking up. You really couldn't make this up. He a dumpster fire and the controversies just keep growing and burning Rugby league is a dumpster fire Now I'm feeling sure there's going to be some more and more and, more and more and more and more and more and
4: more and more and more The vast majority of it, 99% of it, the, the innovation in the game and broadcasting has been brought on by Channel 9.
3: i done job. Harris away the family there for the late shift. I've been covering football for four decades, and I did not understand
5: it. So, Chris, you watched 100 Footy last night. I did indeed. Who was on?
0: Well, we had, apart from James Bracey, and he took the advantage of the fact that NRL CEO Andrew Abdo was on to pitch the North Sydney as the 18th franchise. We had Cameron Smith. Gus Gould, and then the wisest voice in rugby league, and I speak, of course, of Danny Widler.
5: Well, I've got Phil Gould's um, his response to Ricky Stewart's um, whole whole issues.
3: He is the most pig-headed
4: and
0: the most ungrateful person I've ever known in football. It's as simple as that. Straight off 100% footy last night.
5: Straight off 100% footy last <laughs> night. Other thing going around, we've got Lee Hadjipatelis. Yes. So he's he's weighed in on this Ricky Stewart issue. Lee Harvey. Yep. Lee Harvey Pantelis. Uh,
3: the comments made by Ricky on Saturday night would tick every box in order to uh, substantiate a defamation suit. I can't readily think of any any defence that would be available.
5: <laughs> so this is head of Brighton's legal expert, Lee Haji Pantelis. How's his record? Because I looked it up, I haven't. I don't follow rugby league, as you know. Yes. So I just looked into this fellow. And I found that he had these. He was quite uh, heated a
3: few weeks ago. Uh, I've already reached out. I'll let you boys know this, that um, I've already sought the advice of senior counsel as well, preliminary advice. Uh, Because I'm very close to this, I wanted to make sure that I was being objective. Uh, Senior counsel agrees with me that there are grounds there to explore the matter even further. If there is such an egregious and unjust outcome, why would it be a bad thing to have the NRL involve itself and correct it? Now, the the condemnation of what occurred is is u- almost universal.
5: So that's him on the Tigers' loss. Yes. Now that sounds quite. I'm in. I'm all in. Well, Isn't he? Right. Yeah.
0: Well, he used egregious. Allah Jackie Childs, and of course, he's <laughs> And and if you wanted to summarise the Tigers' case in one aphorism, it was, the NRL put the cart before the horse.
5: Yeah. Well, I'm So then I had to look go further down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. about how that played out.
3: Wasn't in the interest of the club to engage in speculative litigation, but there is there is a moral victory in that there has been a concession that uh, the rules need review.
5: So you got a moral victory. We got the moral. Something. We got the moral victory. And, and when I think Bright I think moral. <laughs> that's,
0: that's right. I certainly don't think defamation, but uh Yashin Sharif has to get something to do, senior counsel, I guess. And Justin Pascoe, of course, put it very eloquently in sort of saying about that concession about the the decisions being an error at the end of the game, he goes They know it, we know it, you know it, we won the game, just didn't get the points.
5: So, I'm not sure how Ricky's defamation, this defamation against Ricky is going to go. I'm going to be honest, I don't know about this elite guy. (laughs) He's a tremendous operator, Pat. Yeah, so I've done my own delving um, into matters that could be uh, defamatory by Ricky.
4: That was absolutely embarrassing to know, a little legless. They had a great opportunity to score another four or five tries on us, and I wish they had a f- jam it right up us. Again, it's an error. It's not the last one I'll make. You know, I suppose, fortunately, we didn't win. It Doesn't matter what I say. You know, I'll say the grass is green, and everybody will blow up and say, you're, you're dope. Um, they have their own feel for the game. They lay their own little, um, um, I suppose, feel. Um, um, uh, for, hey? Quirks. Quirks, hey, that'll do. It wasn't, wasn't the word I was looking for.
2: <laughs>
4: I was never any good at maths at school.
0: Uh, no. But I'm only a dumb coach.
5: So maybe Ricky's Ricky's defamation is on himself.
0: And I tell you, I've said Lee's a smart operator, and Lee, not only to get the opportunity to use the word nullity in relation to the cart before the horse defence, but also precedent. And yep. if... We could see the first defamation yeah. case in Australia yeah. where someone has successfully sued yeah. themselves for defaming themselves. <laughs> all this and all that is at $130,000, dollars $140,000 of fines plus whatever is about to be levied on Ricky Stewart will not be in vain.
5: It'll just be Alex Jones style. Of like Matter 1, $120,000. <laughs> matter 2, $140,000. And then to finish off, you touched on this before. We had yet another World War Three in rugby league. Last night on 360, Braith had this to say. The war
1: of words has erupted between Greg Alexander and Cameron
5: Smith. Now, international relations, a bit dicey. So thrown away, thrown around like wars and world wars and, and whatnot. You wouldn't use that lightly. No. But this is what 360 didn't play last night.
1: That Cameron... Yes, you stand by everything you have said to this point in response to what Greg Alexander has said, and he stands by everything he says. So we do have a yeah. little issue here. No, there's no issue at all. And um, Brandy, Brandy had his opinion, and that that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone, everyone can have an opinion. That's that's what opinions are. Like it's it's just their thoughts. It doesn't mean it's fact.
5: I think we might need uh, we might need to re-jink this card around. Maybe a Brandy and Smith tag team.
0: He's so reasonable, Smith. Except when they got to the Fanukan two-week suspension, there was a little bit of elevation in Cameron's voice when he was looking at Andrew Abdo about that because he goes, I just don't understand it. And that is really Smith losing his call. And Bracey at one point said, all right, well, we need to go to the rule book. Cameron, you're good on the rule book. So, you know, the legacy lives on.
5: <laughs> is that is that a joke by Brace?
0: It was a joke by Bracey. Is that
5: his first I, one? Go Brace. <laughs> Is that his first one? Throw that, in with, throw that
0: in with uh, criteria for the 18th team and he goes, history, heritage, he was on fire last night. Can I do one media watch thing, Pat, if you're done? Absolutely not. No, yeah, of course you can. So I think it was in, and I apologize if I got this wrong, but I think Matt Cleary, I believe, is in the uh, yes. the um, Murdoch press talking talking about the Cowboys-Bulldogs game. And they love a metaphor in the Murdoch press. You know, oh, um, Matt Cleary loves a metaphor. Martin Gable is new and um, Nick uh, Walshaw is like the master of it. But Matt had this to say about the Bulldogs. They threw the ball around like a hot macadamia nut, <laughs> which is an interesting image. But I just always associate macadamias with Queensland, and I would have thought the Cowboys would be entitled to the and use of that metaphor.
5: I'm Jeez. sorry, did you metaphor?
0: Sorry, simile. Yes. Simile. Sorry. Yes, yes. yes. Sorry.
5: I thought I thought I might have had a start on next week's. Uh... Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, there is I mean, the bulk of the macadamia farms are up north, New South Wales. Are they? Yeah, and it's in fact it's the only. Native piece of Australian native food that is sold overseas. It's the only thing Australia has added to the world's culinary dictionary is the macadamia nut. Nothing else has ever left. Kangaroo, maybe a little bit, but not much.
0: It's the the image of the horn of plenty. Yes. Spilling out of the horn of plenty all Ah, the foods of the world and just the Australian macadamia nut. When
1: the Europeans discovered South America, which is obviously populated for centuries there but before capsicum, corn, potatoes, these are all from South America. So when you think of Italian food and you think of tomato sauce, a tomato-based sauce, tomatoes come from America. Right. They don't come from Italy. They're not European foods. So when they discovered the New World, there's all these new foods. They come to Australia, they get macadamia nuts, and that's it.
0: And you are in a relationship, right? (laughs) I tell you what, I've just gone online and I I stand corrected. There is actually a boutique uh, macadamia farm in Belmore.
5: In Belmore? Hmm.
0: Hence, Uh, the dogs are entitled to the simile.
5: Wow. What was the order of discovering continents? Do they go China, opiates, fantastic, <laughs> South America, cocoa leaves, brilliant, Australia,
4: macadamia
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: I walk into the change rooms there, I've got 47 Texas. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 Texas. Every one of those Texas agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in.
1: So was that on Saturday? <laughs> Well, that wasn't post-press conference, was it? If no, that, I, oh, that was an old recording. If yeah. I was a
5: friend of Ricky's, I'd say maybe turn your phone off.
1: <laughs> Although I feel yeah. like
5: the guy's at his corner. Oh, yeah. Kent, Crawley, <laughs> Hooper. Hooper's saying oh, it's fine because it's not communist China. Yeah.
0: And Gould, of course, because Gould, again, another voice of reason, he goes, there's a lot to this story. It doesn't benefit anyone to go back and open it up and that's actually probably right
1: that's wow Gould is, is nailed that one yeah. I, I dare say I the Raiders would have I think actually in his corner is the Don Don Ferner. I think Ricky has got some actual people real people in his corner not just journalists trying to make a buck out of him
5: is Barilaro <laughs> going to talk about it on or... uh, maybe because Barilaro you can ask him anything he's AMA at the moment oh yeah you can <laughs> ask him anything
0: if he gets a ban and they're mooting between one to two weeks and blanket fa- uh, inability to communicate with the club i just wonder whether ricky's going to try and circumvent that by sort of forming a relationship with a carrier pigeon or something well
1: there was a suggestion that he might get one or two weeks ban 20 grand fine plus banned from press conference the rest of the year Which, in that case no, ricky yeah. would sit there and go yes, it did double
2: press
0: conference, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, before and after but they also talk about putting him into uh, correctional courses and the idea of Good afternoon, Mr. Stewart. We're here to talk about appropriate behavior. Please <laughs> out your pe- take out your pen and pencil. That would do him in, I think. He says, Find me, ban me, but please don't make me go back to school.
1: they put him in St. Edmunds. They'd do the correction at St. Edmunds. Do you He'd reckon
5: if, his, if the penalty was Sunday morning? <laughs> obviously, it was all over the news straight away. Sunday morning, Raiders say, Unacceptable. That's, you know, to do that when you're representing the club. NRL says, Unacceptable. We can't do that when you're doing NRL. And then have a day to think about it. He tells them what he knows. Next day, he does that the non-apology where he's wrong place, wrong time, which is fair enough from his point of view. And then just donate $20,000 to Jamin Salmon's charity. Do you reckon everyone's happy?
1: Oh, I think he should actually go to the RSPCA for dogs that have poor or digestive whatever, systems. You know, just oh, that's a much
5: better a, one. I find that that has some sort of social currency. Yeah, I think that's a better idea than putting into NRL consolidated revenue.
0: Yeah, Definitely. And, and, and in a moment of seriousness, you know, like Ricky's complicated character there's no doubt about it and he i think he pulled the wrong rein but and we don't go to all the individual circumstances by this but he's a relentless charity campaigner for the 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 autism cause and and things like that so we have a lot of fun with him and it just was one of those moments that he would desperately want back but that's just kind of the guy isn't it i mean that's that's what that's that's the package and, uh, yeah, I like your solution. That I think just because
5: you had the whole Sunday with pretty much nothing. And then, yep. so both sides, whatever you feel about it, you know, both sides get a little bit carried away, I think.
0: And if you're really cruel, you'd reach out from the Murdoch press and said, Ricky, we'd like you to write a column again, but you can't use the byline Games Greatest Thinker anymore.
5: <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, so, just just going over, blowing up Deluxe real quickly. Yeah. Um, we're just talking about the legal, all the legal action going around. Mm-hmm. So Lee's withdrawn his, um, his claim against the NRO. Obviously, he's got a pending one with Ricky Stewart, but he's also got the legal action. Uh, Beth Livingston said he's got the the action against Don Perrett for Leichhardt Oval, mm-hmm. which is actually my high school was playing there.
0: Yes, really. And they had a win.
5: I was, I was.
0: Joey's yeah. over Iggy's. And Gus Gould was there right behind the collapse. No. Yeah, he pushing. was. He was pushing. scouting, yeah, <laughs> Pushing and scouting.
1: Now, <laughs> I am going to have to say with Leichhardt Oval that the under-12s Division 2 Askwith Magpies premiership was won at Leichhardt Oval. Yeah, there's a plaque there. See, so the, 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 that's what they're saying, community asset. Community asset.
5: Legal precedent pending. Stuart Marler says Lee is a weak, gutted dog. If you're not falling through. Touche. Yeah. uh, Emma Domini, uh, that Lee should make a compass so he can get two points finally.
0: (laughs) This is great for Lee. I mean, he hasn't had enough coverage lately. And, you know, he's really right in the uh, zeitgeist at the moment.
5: And then final word to Emma again. Um, Kent, so Kent, surprised that nobody comes out in sports, Ricky, which is fair enough. Um, she said "Uh, Kent wants the word fine so that there's a precedent it's open season on it like I guess the first time there's like sort of a swear word on TV
0: mm-hmm. yeah once it happens it happens right
5: and then we can mm-hmm. put this episode out finally exactly <laughs> <laughs> well just before
1: we finish up I did, you know, obviously with Ricky Stewart he was a coach of the Roosters the Sharks and the Parramatta Eels and I love Ricky Stewart but, Chris, do you have any reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eagles?
0: Well, I've got a specific reason to dislike Isaiah Papalihi right now, who's sort of prevaricating. Oh, no, he's not backflipping. Well, he's talking about no. all sorts of things. He goes, are fantastic to see what Benji Marshall is going to do at the Tigers. Of course, I was really going there because of Michael Maguire and the Kiwis connection, and there's a lot of prevarication. But I'll just uh, stick it on Brad Arthur, because why not? Yep. So, Jacob Arthur... Terrific result with the win over the Manly Ringer Seagulls out at Four Pines Park, as I like to refer to it, Dennis. Um, on Thursday night, was it Thursday night? Or, as you no. like
1: to temporarily yeah. refer to it.
0: Yeah. Um, and Friday. Friday night, sorry. And I was there. Uh, Jacob Arthur, he ran for zero metres and <laughs> still had two try assists and whatever. So he actually had a good game. And of course, they again went down to the trope of the social media, right? He goes, I've been off it all season. Oh, the yeah. boys are looking yep. after him and they got my back. And I was led to believe that, in fact, Brad Arthur was handling that side and making sure that through his command of social media, Jacob wasn't being affected. It's now come to light that Brad's not on social media either.
5: He doesn't doesn't seem like the type.
0: Yeah, so I feel duped that I said, what a great guy, what a progressive coach (laughs) that Brad would be prepared to sort of fall on the sword and process those messages on behalf of his son. Turns out it was just another bit of media spin by the Parramatta Reels. And that's another reason, Dennis, to dislike the Parramatta Reels. But can I say, if we're talking coaches, we have a little bit of an announcement to make, if that's okay? I
1: think I think we should. This time next week. This time next week.
0: There or thereabouts, whatever that is, whenever you're podcasting. But in about a week's time, when for us will be a Tuesday. We have a special one-off, one-on-one interview between Wait, is this a
1: fire up exclusive? A fire, this is a you're more-
0: announcing a fire up exclusive. No, Dennis. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. I'm announcing a fire-up world exclusive. We have a one-on-one interview between yours truly, because you're you're on assignment, on assignment, unfortunately, and Bradley Charles Stubbs, the coach whisperer.
1: The, the coach whisperer.
0: And he's back, Dennis. He was spotted out at the old girl on Thursday night. Emma Lawrence was all over it. Interviewing Victor the defector and Luke Carey about Bradley's back right, and Luke goes, "Well, I've won three Premiership wings. Pat would be aware of this, or with Bradley Charles Stubbs." And he sat down with me, and we talked footy. We talked the broader coaches he's worked with, the likes of Eddie Jones from some arcane code called Rugby Union, Arnie Graham Arnold, our football coach going into the World Cup in Qatar, and also the work he's done in other fields. It's wide ranging and. The little takeaway for everyone who listens that we need to get this interview to Elon Musk. That will be understood <laughs> when you listen to the episode. So fire up exclusive next week. No regular episode, a one-on-one with The Coach Whisperer.
5: How's that, Dennis? Chris putting our solo album. Fantastic. We got Tuesday off, Dennis, you and me.
1: Woo! Well, I'll be up in Tamworth. Well, if you're going to have an exclusive, I'll have an exclusive. I don't think I've actually announced it formally. Uh, Rugby League The Musical is back at the Bridge Hotel for the first time in three years since we've been at the home of Rugby League The Musical. And that'll be October, uh, November 26 27 28.
0: Are tickets on sale?
1: Tickets are on sale now. I'm about to start promoting it. And boy, we uh, there's a lot to get through in that show as
0: well. So your tickets are on sale and it's the end of November. Yeah, still no, no,
1: September. In Se- September? Oh, September. Thank heavens. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was
0: saying, your ticket's on sale now and it's that far away and you still can't get a ticket to the grand final.
1: <laughs> oh, the grand final's the week after, is the, the Sunday after mine. But it ain't on sale. Do you know why? I know that I'm playing at the Bridge Hotel. The grand final doesn't know where it is because Peter Vladis still might take it to Queensland. But with that, I hope you're fired up because we've been so fired up and there's so much to fire up about. Please join Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Insta. Fire Up NRL on Twitter. Join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group and Fire Up on there. Leave us a review on whichever podcast service you're listening to. And please join us next week for that special interview with the one, the only, Coach Whisperer
3: here on
2: Fire Up. (laughs)
3: What did you
4: think of um, Joe that? Mate, when you write crap articles about me the way you do, why should I talk to you? Have a thinker back. I've only ever read one column of yours. It was two weeks ago. It's compulsory for me to come in here, but it's
2: not compulsory for me to have to talk to blokes like you. All right?